0: I don't need to look at my horoscope to find out what is going to happen. I look at Jesus. His promises are new every morning. God's got the very best for you.
1: Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through his series called Close Encounters with Jesus. So, get ready to follow along in your Bible as we join Pastor Mike.
0: When I realize that, how does God want you and me to view one another? As brothers and sisters in the Lord, that's the way we're supposed to act. And he says, you guys have fractionized. You guys have little groups, uh, the haves and the have-nots, those that are drunk, those that are shoving their way in line. He goes, you guys are messed up. He said, should I praise you over this? He said, no way. I shall not praise you. Verse 23, for I received from the Lord that which I also deliver to you. And by the way, friends, that's all really we can ever do. We can only deliver what God delivers to us, what God gives us. And by the way, if you've accepted Christ as your savior, you can lead somebody into salvation. If you've been bab- baptized, you can baptize somebody. Isn't that great to know? If you've, uh, Bless them, you can when you've been blessed by God, you can turn and bless others as well. What I've received from the Lord, I delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus Christ, on that same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now I I was raised in church. I don't have the cross and the switchblade testimony. I have the cross and the butter knife testimony. And what I mean by that is that, you know, um, God kept me. That doesn't mean I never did anything wrong. Did lots of things wrong. But I don't have the, the torn up life that so often does. And by the way, for all of you that are younger, As I look around at a lot of my friends that I grew up with in school, in high school, and I see the drugs that they got into and the partying and all the stuff, a lot of the people I went to school with are dead. A lot of the people I hung around with are in prison. A lot of the people that I've known in my life are extremely ill because they destroyed their health through all the drugs and all the partying and all these things. There is a blessing in staying in Jesus. The Bible says not only does he save our soul, but he's the preserver of our body. And by the way, I know this side of heaven, we have to live in this thing we call the tent. We get a new one someday, and I'm looking forward to that but we still have to live in this. And so really using God's wisdom, taking care of the the temple that God's given you. Now, it may be fun to tear it up when you're 30, but when you start getting into your 50s, you're gonna say, boy, I'm sure glad I trusted God because the thing is, you've averted a lot of health issues because of not doing and destroying your body. Now, the Bible here tells us Jesus took the bread and he broke it. What was that about? Like I say, I was raised in church, had communion for many years. Oh yeah, the bread and, 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 and the cup. Yeah, I'm I, I very much aware of that. What's that about? Here, first of all, is this. Jesus holds up the bread and he breaks it. Now, in 1 Peter 2.24, his word says, by his stripes were healed. Do you realize that God provided for you a way that you could be healed? Yeah, we have torn it up in our 30s, in our 40s. But God provides a way for you to be healed. This morning, God offers to you healing through communion. And You know, it's a funny thing. Jesus said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. It's the only physical thing that Jesus authorized that we could remember him by. And it wasn't a gold, a statue. It wasn't, it, what it was was a special commemorative dinner to reflect us back to what God did for the children of Israel as he delivered them from slavery. That's what God did for you. God did for me. He delivered us from slavery, from living in the world, to now living for him. And by his stripes, we're healed. Do you need to be healed this morning? Think about it for a minute. Is there memories in your life that are sore? Is your ability to love or to be loved been hurt? Have you ever said, I've been burned by someone and I'm never going to love ever again, and we build our little walls that we are so comfortable behind? And Jesus comes along in his love, and he says, by his stripes we're healed. And God breaks down those walls that we've made, the ability to love, the ability to be loved, the ability to respond to others, the way that we look at one another rather than, oh, just another person that needs something, that, oh, how can I help you? I've been like you before. I know exactly how it feels. We need to be healed. Do you realize how complex beings we really are? Isn't it weird that you can be dead dog tired at night. Go lay in your bed and you're so tired you didn't know if you were even going to make it into bed. And you get into bed and you're like this. And you're thinking about all the stuff of the day. And you're going, I shouldn't be like this. I need to be tired. Wasn't that coffee latte that I had for dinner? I, I don't know what it was. You know, we're just spun out. And we begin to think about our life and you think about all the things that comprise and make you, you. And I've shared this so many times. No one's ever been like you ever before. No one will ever be like you ever again. You are unique. You're not a cosmic accident. You're not evolved sludge. You are a divine appointed person for such a time as this. Remember that. Now here's why. God has appointed you and me and people to be about our daddy's business. I can't be about my dad's business if I'm torn up inside. I've shared this so many times. I shared it a little bit last week. So many people are so so caved in in who they are, they can't even be about their father's business because all their attention is focused on themselves because their life is a train wreck. Listen, God doesn't want you to be a train wreck. God doesn't want you to be self-focused because God says, I will take care of you. Isn't that great to know? God has made a promise to take care of us. By his stripes, I'm healed. Look, if I'm healed, if you're healed, if you're restored, you're blessed, you realize that encompassing bubble God's placed around you, God's bubble boy, God puts you and protects you for a reason. Now I can be about my dad's business. My dad's business initially was to get me saved. But once I'm saved, once I'm restored, once I'm blessed, now God says, the fields are white with harvest, the labors are few. You see, the problem is so many today so many of the problems are we don't realize what communion is, that we're carrying all the brokenness in ourselves that we can never be the effective witnesses for Christ in the world because our focus is upon ourselves because our personal lives are wrecks. God doesn't want you to live like that. God wants to restore you and heal you and bless you and strengthen you so you can go out and go get them. But when our focus is upon ourselves, when we're playing on the wrong side of the fence, then our focus becomes ourself rather than what God put you and me on this earth for. And that is the fields are white with harvest. The labors are few. Isn't it funny that the people even remark to that? Lo, the fields are white with harvest. The labors are few. Pray then, God says, for the master to send in labors. That's what I'm praying. I believe you're them. You're the, the harvesters. You know, you go out here in the this time of the year and you look at all the combines are going and all the potato diggers and all those things that are going on out there. Those are the harvesters. We need to be that. I don't want to be a broke down combine in a barn at harvest season. Well, because I won't let go of a lot of the stuff that holds us back, I can find myself being broke down. God says, I am providing a way that you can be overhauled, that you can be fixed, that you can be restored. He took the bread, broke it. This is my body which is broken for you. Now, again, when we understand by his stripes, we are healed. That's why Jesus's body was broken, so that you can be healed. Have you received the healing from God today? Are you just carrying around the the, the hurts and the pain of the past, the habits of the past, the addictions of the past? God says, I'm here today, to break that off of you so you can walk out of here a brand new person, not self-focused. Because my, God says, my eye is on you. You're God-focused. So now we can go out and be effective in what God's called us to do. In the same manner also, verse 25, he took up the cup after supper, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The cup, the blood, reminds us, hey, we're saved. That blood that was on the doorpost in the children of Israel on that night of Passover changed them from being slaves to being free. It's funny that so often, as you'll find sometimes, the Pharisees would come and they'll say to, Mo, they'll say to Jesus, our Our father Moses. You know, it's really strange. What made the difference wasn't Moses. It was the blood on the door. It was the blood of the lamb that made the difference. He says, so as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Jesus died for a reason to put to death your past oh man every one of us ought to dance out of here no more of the past why do have, why do people drink why do they get stoned they want to forget i remember one time he actually accepted the lord afterwards but he said he said i went to a party i can't remember if i had a good time i said you need to change your life What's the old saying? I was dancing pretty good till somebody stepped on my hand. You're in trouble. Well, God's got a better way for you to live. And so therefore, whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in unworthily, the new King James uses the word unworthy. That is not the right word. The right word is in the Old King James, and it's the word unworthily. Unworthy speaks of you and me. Unworthily speaks of the attitude in which we partake of communion. The attitude of the Corinthian church was that it was part of their ritual. Now, he goes on and he says this. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthily manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let him examine himself and let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For whoever eats and drinks in an unworthily manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Exactly. It's not talking about you being worthy. It's talking about how do you view communion. Unworthily is, oh, it's just part of the drunken party that we're having after church here. That's that's unworthily. But when somebody says, Are you worthy to have communion? Friends, the bottom truth of it all none of us are. We're not. But when I realize that it isn't my worthiness that allows me to have communion, it's how I look at what God has provided. Do you realize this morning, through this, you can be healed? Wow. You mean God can begin to chip away at those things that have been bothering me since I was in high school? Absolutely. Do you mean to tell me that God will actually change my heart in the way I view others? Yes, it's what he does. (laughs) And when we partake in an unworthy fashion, unworthily, we're just going, oh, it's a nice ritual. We got the bread, the crackers, that's what we do. No, it's for your healing. I believe this is why it's so important and this is why Jesus put such a great emphasis on it that it's by this you can be healed. You can be reminded of who you are. You know, if you lose sight that you're a child of the King, if you lose sight that Jesus died on the cross for you, you can begin to live and think like the world, which has no hope. So he says, let a person examine himself. When I partake of communion today, am I realizing what I'm doing? Not how good I am. Am I worthy? I've heard this so messed up in the church for so many years because they don't read. Again, what's worthy is the way you view communion. If you view it as a ritual, uh, it's worthless. But if you say, Wow, God, I realize your body was broken so I could be healed, your blood was shed so I could be brand new, I'm no longer a slave, but now a free person, that night that death angel came over, passed over. That's what God wants to do for you. He goes on and says, verse 30, for this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many are dead. Why? Because do you realize you're so complex? You're a body, you're a mind, you're a spirit. Oh, it's so wonderful when all three of these things work together. But when they don't, you might find yourself to be a drug addict. You might find yourself to be an alcoholic. You might find yourself to be in some addiction. Why? Because though your mind can say, I know the drugs are killing me, I'm going to keep eating them. Why? Because there's a spiritual weakness in you. God wants to heal that this morning. Let him heal that. Do you know when you're healed, restored, blessed, you're powerful in the Lord? That's what the Bible says. Rise up, Lord, let your enemies be scattered. That's what we talk about. But what's the vehicle that gets me into that? My relationship with God. Me realizing, Jesus, what you did for me so that I can be free from all the stupid stuff that I've gotten myself into. And God gives you and me, as David said, promises new every morning. You need that. I don't need to look at my horoscope to find out what is going to happen. I look at Jesus. His promises are new every morning. God's got the very best for you. Never forget that. You know the devil will work overtime to convince you of something other than that? Well, if God really loved you, he would have given you that new shiny bright. No, God knew that if you got the shiny bright, you wouldn't have got the one that he had for you. And so when you pray and you commit it unto God, it's the old story about two girls at the end of the service, up in front, both crying. One because she didn't get to marry Billy Bob. The other one was crying because she did. God knows what you need. God knows how to correct those things in your life. He says, if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. If we would would look at our lives honestly and saying, hey, look, am I hooked up? Am I hooked up to God or am I hooked up to something else? Then we're being honest. You see, again, you can talk to an alcoholic. Do you know your drinking is killing you? Yes. Do you want to stop? Yes. Will you stop? No. Why? Something wrong. They need to be healed. I'm talking about Christians here. I'm not talking about necessarily people of the world. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. So if you ever got a spanking from Jesus, say, thanks, Dad. I needed that. I found one thing that oftentimes we picture chastisement from God as you know, God chucking lightning bolts at our car or beating us. That isn't the way God does it. The chastisement that comes from the Lord, I think is probably very similar to what Jesus did. And if you remember, we've been doing this series, Close Encounters with Jesus. When Jesus caught up with Peter on the Sea of Galilee, he asked him three times, do you love me, Peter? And he said, Lord, you know I'm fond of you. I think the chastisements of God are not of that of a, of, a, of a belly club. But I think those are those probing questions that God asks us that we spend a lot of time in our life preoccupying ourselves so we don't have to give an answer. He says, therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry... Let him eat at home. Let you come together for judgment. And the rest I will set in order when I come. You know what he's saying here is he said if you're that hungry, get something at home to eat before you come so that way you're not shoving everybody out. Now if anybody's really hungry this morning, you can have my place in line. I know for some of the single guys, um, This might be the best meal you're going to get all week. It beats the tar out of any fast food you're going to get. The point is, is this. We're a family of God. Live like it. It's not a ritual. It's a means by which you can be healed. Isn't that great to know? That God has provided a medicinal way that we can be healed. So when you view communion, it's not a ritual. It's where you get to sit down and eat dinner with Daddy. I like that. You see, that's what a real relationship is. It isn't rules and regulations. Oh, God, you know, I crossed the T's. I dotted the I's. Now you, you know, you might listen to me. We just crawl right up in Daddy's lap and say, Daddy, I love you. This morning, if you're not a Christian you may have found yourself shipwrecked. Kind of what we've been talking about. This morning, we're going to pray, and you can ask Jesus into your life. And then afterwards, we'll have communion, and then we'll go across and have fellowship, and it's great. This morning, if you need to get right with God, you pray this. Mean it, and God will do as you ask. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. I'm sorry that I have lived apart from you. And so I ask you today to heal me and set me free. I believe your blood covered my sins. I went from slavery now to free. So fill me now with your Holy Spirit. Cause me to be about your business. Let me walk in your love And Father, thank you for eternal life that I never need to be scared of dying ever again. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time.